0: Uh, this is uh, part what? Well, part seven? What part is it? Part what? Part seven. Are you here? Are you here? Huh? This is part seven of our teaching on wisdom. Last week we talked about Christ, the wisdom of God, and we've been talking about the different levels of wisdom in the previous teachings and what wisdom is and so forth. We're not going to go into that today, If you have the outlines, we're going to go through the outlines or I'm going to try and go through some of the notes that I've given you and the rest you can study. But we're going to talk about walking in the wisdom of God, how to live your life, how to live a wise life, walking in the wisdom of God. And uh, um, I want us to go straight into the teaching, Acts chapter 6 verse 3. Acts chapter 6 verse 3, Uh, he says, now, this is when the apostles were looking for men to serve tables. In other words, people that would do work in the church that involved things like putting up the sound, things like doing the ushering, involved things like giving people um, uh, food if they're hungry and so forth. This is a, a deacon-type ministry. The ministries is where you are setting up the logistics, making sure that the logistics of the church was in place. And uh, Acts chapter 6, verse 3, he says, Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. Now, I want you to notice that when the church was looking for leaders, leaders that would serve tables, that would do administrative work in the church. They were looking for a certain caliber. Number one, they had to be men of good reputation. What does that mean? Honest report. In other words, their character with non-believers out there was intact. That's the thing. And second thing is, they had to be full of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? In other words, they were governed and controlled by the Holy Spirit. Their lives were was governed and controlled by the Holy Spirit. Being full of the Holy Spirit doesn't mean you act spooky. Doesn't mean that you act kind of weird and you walk around, you know, I'm full of the Spirit. No. It means you are controlled in your behavior, in your character. And we can see by the fruit of your character that your spirit is controlled by the Holy Spirit. And it means that your decisions are governed by the Holy Spirit's influence. And then the third thing it says, and full of wisdom, full of wisdom. Now we've been learning, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get wisdom, and in all your getting, get understanding. And we've defined wisdom as the accurate application of knowledge based on the wisdom, or the understanding, sorry, that one has. The accurate application of knowledge based on one's understanding. I think I'm a bit loud. Am I a bit loud? Okay, it's a bit loud here, so if you can lower me a little bit. Now, God is looking for men and women that are full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom in order for him to to do his business through in order for him to use to bring about the kind of change he wants to see in the earth. Men and women that are full of the Holy Spirit, controlled by the Holy Spirit, governed by the Holy Spirit in their decision making, and also full of wisdom. It's very important because at times we see people say things like, the Spirit told them to do things that are clearly stupid. The Spirit told them to marry somebody that is clearly not good for them. Are you still here or have you gone home? Please, I'm not having a go at anyone. I'm just telling you what tends to happen. People tend to check out wisdom when they claim the Holy Spirit is telling them to do things. Are are you still here? So don't get upset with me. I'm not having a go at anybody. I'm not even thinking of anybody's business right now except my own. So, for instance, in my situation, at times the Holy Spirit will tell me, I want you to do this. So, for instance, the Lord will tell us to plant a church somewhere. And because I know the Lord has told me to plant a church somewhere, sometimes I will allow that to be governed not by the wisdom of God, but by the pressure of circumstance. So, God told me, but sometimes I can get the timings wrong. You understand? So even though God told me and it was from God, because the timing was wrong, I miss out on the will of God. Now, it is very important for you to distinguish this. Full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Because the Holy Spirit Spirit is not given to us to guide us and nullify the wisdom of God. One principle of God's word does not violate another principle. So, for instance, faith does not violate love. Love does not violate wisdom. So, you can't say because you love somebody, you're going to bring them into your house even though your children are going to be at risk. Are you still here? Forgiveness does not violate or neutralize wisdom. So, you've done something wrong and I forgive you for stealing my money. But just because I have forgiven you for stealing my money doesn't mean I am going to allow you to take my bank card when you need money because I have forgiven you. Are you hearing me? Wisdom is very important. So God is looking for men full of wisdom and women full of wisdom and the Holy Spirit. And there are many sincere Christians Prayerful Christians, holy Christians, who, after they have prayed and received revelation, ignore wisdom. So yeah, God may have told you to marry that person, but only marry them when you are both ready. And that's the thing. So at times the Holy Spirit will tell you, this man, this woman, is the one you should marry. But the same Holy Spirit expects you to apply wisdom to the premarital process. Because otherwise, your marriage will still struggle. And you don't marry the person God has chosen for you until you are both ready. <laughs> this is a bit of marriage today. Okay, so Joshua was full of the spirit of wisdom when he led God's people as a general. Deuteronomy 34, 9. Now Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him, so the children of Israel heeded him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. Now, let me tell you something. Even though he was full of wisdom, and even though he was full of the Holy Spirit, there was one decision Joshua made where he did not use wisdom. He used sympathy. And again, wisdom or sympathy should not negate wisdom. So a crew came from somewhere. Now God had told them, the Holy Spirit had led them and said, don't make alliances with anybody in the land that you're going into. Fine. And then somebody came from, uh, and said, we're coming from, the Gibeonites said, we're coming from a very far distance. You know, we heard about you. We want to make a covenant with you. We want to be on your side with what God is saying. Be very careful when people are very seemingly, uh, are too good to be true. Yeah, yeah, actually that's the thing. Yeah. Be very careful when people appear too good to be true. Or what they are selling you is too good to be true. Because it's normally not true. When people are selling you something that appears to be too good to be true, you know, this product, when you buy it, if you're bald, (laughs) your hair will grow. If by the way, whilst you're applying to your hair, there's a cancer on your hair, it will disappear. And if you happen to ingest it, and there is a, a, a tumor in your stomach, as it comes there, the tumor will disappear. Now, wait. It causes hair to grow, but causes cancers to die. Hmm. And you know something, people buy that. I remember when I was in Ghana. <laughs> when we were on missions in Ghana, missions in Ghana, uh, with the family for two years. Once in a while, because when you're, when you're on holiday, you don't hear see a lot of these things. It's when you're there for a while. You, you heard... a whole heap of noise, and then they'll say, this tonic, when you drink it, it cures AIDS. Hey! (laughs) When you drink it, if you have a problem, uh, you know, it helps with that. It also helps in the bedroom. It also... And I'm thinking, wait a minute. One drink. I mean, they were listing. And people bought it. If it cured AIDS, they wouldn't be selling it, making a whole heap of noise. Are you still here? But people believe such things. Anyway, what am I trying to say? You need wisdom. Joshua did not use the wisdom, and therefore, he ended up in a covenant that he couldn't get out of. By the way, let me add here Joshua should never have gotten into covenant with the Gibeonites. He didn't use wisdom, and he ended up in an illegal covenant a covenant God said he shouldn't get into but that covenant stood even hundreds of years after when he when Saul decided to act in a way that violated that covenant God judged Israel because they broke covenant that is for you who when after you get married you realize you married the wrong one they are still the right one from that day onwards and the covenant still stands let's move on quickly seems to be a marriage, marriage counseling today. Oh, Lord, help us. Daniel was full of wisdom, and he was known for his wisdom. I pray you'll be known for your wisdom and not your long dress or your muscles. Daniel chapter 5, verses 11 and 12. Now, this is after there was a big challenge facing the Babylonian Empire. And uh, one of the advisors to Belshazzar said, There was a man in your kingdom, or there is a man in your kingdom, in whom the Spirit of the Holy God, in whom is the Spirit of the Holy God. This is talking about Daniel. And in the days of your father, really your grandfather, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, were found in him. Wow. I pray that your colleagues will hear about you and say, there is a wisdom of the aliens that is in him because that's the modern equivalent wisdom of the gods there's no gods they're all demons but he was so amazing they said this guy appears extraterrestrial may that be your portion in jesus name <laughs> yeah well there's nothing new under the sun and king nebuchadnezzar your father your father, the king, made him chief of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. Now, if this was a born-again believer, he would say, I reject it. I don't believe in magic. I don't believe in astrology. I don't believe in um, soothsaying, so I am not going to be the king. If you are in Babylon, you must not only learn the language of Babylon, you must know how to administrate over Babylon in order to affect the kingdom of God. Are, are you listening to me? See, because at times we have a religious lens, and so we think, you see, a lot of pastors who say to Daniel, "Don't take that job. Ah, you're going to be in charge of the magicians, the astrologers, Hikaba, Shamba, don't take that job." Some says, "They consult demons. Don't take that job. You're going to be in charge. Ah. Are you still here? Verse 12, in as much as an excellent spirit, say excellent spirit. One day we'll teach on having an excellent spirit. In as much as an excellent spirit, knowledge, understanding, interpreting dreams. Ah, I wish we could stay there. Solving riddles. This is the dimension of wisdom. And explaining enigmas were found in this Daniel. This is the, the reservoir that is contained in wisdom, the spirit of wisdom where you can see an enigma. To the world, this is a puzzle, but to you, it makes sense. You can interpret dreams as bizarre as the dream sounds. You can hear the mind of God. This is part of the prophetic ministry of the body of Christ. You know, through dreams, you can win many people to Christ. Hmm. Explaining enigmas. So when you see a sudden sign in the earth. When you see that there's things happening in the earth, the way the weather patterns are shifting, the way there's a sudden earthquake, the way there is a sudden flood, someone, what is the Holy Spirit saying through creation? You think these things just happen? There are messages. Are you still here? He says, Whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called and he will give the interpretation. The point I'm making is this. For God to place Daniel with such authority, Daniel had to qualify through his wisdom. And I am believing that you will qualify because of the superior wisdom that is in you. Our Lord Jesus in his humanity increased in wisdom. Luke 2.52, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favoring with God and men. He increased in wisdom. Even the uncreated Son of God in His humanity had to grow in wisdom. God had to be able to trust Him based on His level of wisdom. The wisdom of God will always operate, like I said earlier, from its highest level, which is through the lens of Christ. And when you are operating from this level of wisdom, you'll be governed by those characteristics we touched on Um, a while back in James chapter 4, verse 17, which says this, the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. These will be the characteristics that governs how you apply knowledge. How you apply knowledge. It will be governed by purity. It will be governed by the need for harmony or peace. It will be governed by a gentle spirit. It will be governed with a heart that is willing to yield when it hears the truth, not a stubborn spirit. It will be governed with mercy. It will be governed with good fruits. You will see good fruits. It will have no favorites to it. It will not be partial in any form, including how it evaluates itself, and it will have no hypocrisy to it. That is the characteristics that governs divine wisdom. And so whenever you are making decisions or whenever I find for myself, whenever I am dealing with issues where I am unsure what to do, I look at these scriptures to see, this verse, to see where my heart is at concerning the issue. And if I see there's a partiality to me, then I know it is not from above. If I see that I am being harsh, then I know. It is not from above. If I see that there's an element of stubbornness in me about this thing, then I know it is not from above. Are you still here? Now, how do we walk in the wisdom of God? There are two foundational principles that must govern how you daily apply wisdom. Daily apply wisdom. And how you also, uh, if you please, how you also are able to increase in wisdom. The first is this you must learn to trust in the Lord. You must learn to trust in the Lord. Now this element is not in the notes I gave. And then the second is this. You must be committed to continuously growing in wisdom. You must learn to trust in the Lord and then you must be committed to growing in wisdom. It's very, very important. Now trusting in the Lord involves submitting to him every area. Of our lives submitting every area of our lives to his leadership that is what trusting the Lord involves let's turn to Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 to 10 this isn't given to you with the notes, so you need to pay attention and make some notes of your own he says trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths do not be wise in your own eyes fear the Lord and depart from evil It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now, these verses shows us what is involved in trusting the Lord. Remember, we're talking about how to walk in wisdom. How do I walk with wisdom when it comes to my spiritual life? How do I walk with wisdom? When it comes to how I study, how I relate to people, how I learn. How do I walk in wisdom when it comes to my physical well-being? How do I walk in wisdom when it comes to how I use my wealth or my resources, my prosperity? And these verses show us very clearly the impact that wisdom has in these arenas. Wisdom will influence you spiritually. It will influence you mentally it will influence your physical health it will influence how you you handle resource it will influence it because it is rooted in trusting in the lord so that is what is involved in terms of trusting the lord you let god take the lead on these key areas of your life god takes the lead on these key areas. If you you want to walk in wisdom on a daily basis, now remember we're talking about walking in the wisdom of God, and we've already differentiated the different um, aspects or the different types of wisdom that exist in previous teachings. If you want to walk in the wisdom of God, which is the superior wisdom above every other kind, which will allow you to excel in any area that you are wanting to excel in, then you must allow, you must trust in the Lord with your whole heart. And you must allow him leadership in every area of your life so that the wisdom of God will affect those areas. And then secondly, you must commit to growing in wisdom as a vital aspect in walking in wisdom. Because as you go about things, sometimes you realize that you're actually quite wise in an area. You're actually quite skilled with your knowledge and your wisdom. And there becomes a danger where you may, without realizing it, become unteachable. Look at what he says in verse 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Why is this important? When we cease to grow in wisdom, we fall into the same trap. That slew the enemy. You see, when the enemy was created, the scripture says he was perfect in beauty and in wisdom. He was full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Ezekiel 28 verse 12 says this. When when Ezekiel was prophesying concerning Satan, he says, uh, um, and his influence behind the king of Tyre, he said to him, that says the Lord God, you were the seal of perfection. You were the seal, in other words, the stamp of approval that this is it. This is what a created being ought to be like. The seal of perfection. Full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. I know somebody said, That sounds a bit like you, Pastor Joe. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> Yeah, you see you're laughing, it's a joke. (laughs) But what happened? Verse 17, he says, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You see, what happened is this. The enemy became enamored with himself. He began to focus on what he looked like, what he could do. When he looked in the mirror, he said, that's right. That's right. This is how it's supposed to be. Uh-huh. Yes, about eight pack. This is the perfect pack. That's right. Uh-huh. This, is, mm, this is how it's supposed He says, your heart was lifted up. In other words, your heart had an exaggerated opinion of yourself because of how you looked. Your beauty. I hope that does not describe some of us. But look at the next thing. You corrupted, this is verse 17, you corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. In other words, when you looked at how beautiful and magnificent you were, you began to use your wisdom to destroy. That word corruption is the degradation of something. So what happens is this. When you cease to grow in wisdom, you become in love with yourself, and you allow your wisdom to be corrupted because of conceit. So you can no longer be told. You can no longer learn. And this this is why, as a foundation, one, you trust the Lord, and two, you commit to growing in wisdom if you want to walk in wisdom. That must be the foundation. Because when that governs how you walk in wisdom, There will come times when you will have to be very severe with yourself about your analysis and recognize, I'm wrong. I was completely wrong. Actually, I was off key. At times, people don't like to admit that they are wrong. Tell your neighbor, I'm not one of them. Even if you don't think it's true, just declare it by faith. (laughs) So how do we walk in wisdom? Number one, we identify our need for wisdom. We identify our need for wisdom. This is so important. You have to identify your need for wisdom. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 7. Can you put it up, please? 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 7. Look at what Solomon says. He says, you have made your servant king instead of my father David, but I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. This is how Solomon began to increase in wisdom. But this is also how he began to walk in wisdom. He identified his lack of wisdom. And you have to do the same. From the start, you have to recognize, if you want to walk in wisdom, you have to recognize you lack wisdom. Amen? In Matthew chapter 5 verse 3, the first beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit, for this is the kingdom of heaven. If you want to operate in God's kingdom and access anything, in God's kingdom, you have to recognize your poverty in that area. Until you recognize your poverty in an area concerning the kingdom of God, you cannot access it. And this is why you have to learn to die daily, to self. And recognize every day, I am but a child. When it comes to prayer, I am but a child. When it comes to fasting, I am but a child. Somebody said we can tell. When it comes to... When we when it comes to when it comes to showing love as a husband, indeed, I am but a child. Yesterday was my wife's birthday. Hallelujah. And uh, every year, oh gosh, because you didn't me later, but every year I plan. I say next year is gonna be different. Next year it's gonna be different. I have, and I have it all sorted out. And then the months go by, and then we start to strategize about, well, domination. We do this, we do that. And then, the month comes, October comes. Yes, it's Aisha's birthday, Shabuya. To this year, it's going to be different. This year, it's going to be different. Last year, it wasn't good. This year, it's going to be different. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, I love my wife. I love my wife. <laughs> then the week towards it is coming. Yes, this year. I've got to also, ask, I, I, I'll get the card on this day, time. We haven't got the card soon. You know? I'll get the card on this time, and I'll buy this present and everything, and she will be surprised, and everything's going to be different. Then it's three days to go. Hey, hey, what is happening here? In the name of the Lord, we shall overcome. We will make sure, she doesn't know, everything is in control. Hey, then you wake up You say, what happened? Yeah. So you realize, Lord, I am but a child. <laughs> After 23 years of marriage, I am but a child. You have to recognize that. No, it doesn't matter. We've come to this. After 23 years, she knows I love her. It doesn't really matter. I asked why? What is a card? What is this? What is that? What is a card? A card is a card. A card is a card. A card is a card. What did you write in a card? A card is a card. Yeah, so you have to just recognize. Hallelujah. Amen. And again, identifying your need for wisdom will, allow, will protect you from conceit. Conceit, self-conceit is very dangerous. It's very common. Say to your neighbor, you've been conceited before. Just say before, not you are conceited. You don't say you are been, Because even some of you, you're demonstrating you've been conceited before because you're not even saying it even now. Yeah, you see? You have to be careful. You have to be careful of not being wise in your own eyes. If you want to grow in wisdom, you have to identify your need. Number two, Ask God for wisdom as a habit. If you want to walk in wisdom, I beg your pardon. Ask God for wisdom as a habit. I learned this secret a while back, where after reading about Nehemiah, when Nehemiah was standing before uh, the king, and the king said, what would you want? What do you want? He quickly prayed and said, oh God, help me. And then answered the king. When my pastor taught this many years ago, before CLF was even ever birthed in our spirits, I remember him saying this, and I took it on, to ask for wisdom. So many times, I've trained myself, when someone says, Pastor John, I want to talk to you, I go into the prayer meeting. Lord, please give me wisdom, because I don't know what you're going to say. Sometimes, when someone says, I want to talk to you, and they'll say something, you know, here's, here's a nice gift for you, <laughs> that's nice. Other times, I want to talk to you, and they'll tell you, you know, you're the worst person I've ever met in this universe. And you feel like saying, and so are you. (laughs) But you have to use wisdom. Sometimes, whilst I am talking with someone, I realize, no, we never prayed. This is why the conversation is going like this. So we oh Lord, keep wisdom. And then we take a step back. And then we have to backtrack and say, you know what? What I said earlier was completely wrong. Ignore everything I just said. It's completely wrong. They said, oh, no, no, no. I said, no, 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 ignore, ignore everything I just say. It's completely wrong. Let's start again. Amen. Sometimes you should do that in your marriage. If you are, I know I'm t- going, today's a marriage seminar. Forgive me, single people. Today is also a marriage seminar. I don't know. Some married couples need this. Amen. I don't know who you are. I don't know your business. <laughs> Nobody has spoken to me. I'm just saying. But sometimes you just need to, this conversation, the way the thing is developing why did you put the toilet roll there? What, what do you mean? This is where you always put it. What do you mean this is where you always put it? Uh, look at the way you squeeze this toothpaste. It is wrong. No, you, you, look at, you can't tell me i no toothpaste. You can't tell me i no toothpaste. Look at the bedroom, look at the bedroom. The bedroom, huh. why do you think I'm not there anymore? Hey, from toilet roll to bedroom to another level. You have to you go look at the bedroom. You know what, the bedroom is fine. The bedroom is fine, you know what? forget everything I just said, forget everything. I'm really sorry. I shouldn't put the toilet road there. I'm really sorry. I shouldn't squeeze the toothpaste out. I, I ask you, I'm, I'm sorry. Listen, you have to learn this secret. I'm telling you, you will save a lot of unnecessarys. Just say, Lord, give me wisdom. And as soon as you ask God for wisdom in faith, he gives it to you. This is no, you now have to wait on the law for five years to get a download. no, the thing is facing you right now. Say, Lord, give me wisdom for this thing now. He does not say, stop talking. Let me wait. Let me, go and, let me go and seek the Lord. No, no, you can't do stop talking. You have to deal with the issue now. Your boss is asking you, why is this thing like this? They're ready to fire you. You can't say, hold on. I need to pray. Wait a minute. No, 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 forget that. That ain't going to happen. You pray. You keep praying. You have a job. You need wisdom there and then on the spot. Download. Yeah. James chapter 1, verses 5 to 8. If anyone, any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Yeah. Number three. If you want to walk in wisdom, avoid judging by appearances. (laughs) Avoid judging by appearances. At times you see a book and the cover is so awesome. As you hold the cover, you can, it says, How to Get Rich in Seven Days. You say, Yeah, I like this book. This book is, God, finally, you've got it. You don't even look at the thing. You know what? The way the cover is, this is it. After you buy the thing, you open it, you know, what is this? I bought a few books like that. I won't tell you which one or which offer. But avoid judging by appearances. On a serious note, at times, people will respond to you out of pain, not out of their true heart. And if you don't use wisdom, you will judge them by their pain. John chapter 7 verse 24, our Lord in rebuking his audience said, Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Wisdom allows you to judge with righteous judgment. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 12, he says, For we do not commend ourselves again to you, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf, that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. Many judge and make their decisions based on appearance and not on heart. Many times, in the next ten minutes that I have left, next 15 minutes or so that I have left, I'm doing the communion and so Many judge based on what they see. And Paul said, we don't allow ourselves to do certain things so that you can have confidence in us and not fall into the category of those who boast in appearance and not in heart. I pray that you will learn to judge based on the heart. And it is not easy. Because at times when you are dealing with people who are carrying pain, their behavior will look like hatred. Their behavior towards you will look like hatred. In many of our interpersonal relationships, especially as a pastor, we, we've learned over the years not to look at people's behavior as an end in itself, but try to discern what the drivers are. Often, misunderstandings will create a big problem. Once, like many times I find with myself, the other day, in fact, I went to, I was in a shop with my my daughter, and uh, we bought something. Later on, my daughter said to me, Dad, why were you so angry with the the, the the cash the guy when we bought that, that thing, I said what? He said why were you so angry with him? You were really upset. I said, huh. I wasn't, you know. It's just you know what it is. It's my relaxed face. <laughs> I have a natural frown. That no, I'm not even joking. If I just relax my muscles right now. You would think I am going to kill somebody. That is a fact. You want me to prove it to you? You're not proving it to you time. Watch this. Now I can honestly tell you, my face is relaxed. No muscles are engaged. How do I look? <laughs> you see. I'm, now, if I was actually frown, you know I have, this is a proper frown. <laughs> look at what the Lord said to Samuel. 1 Samuel 16, verse 6 and 7. He says, so it was when they came that he looked at Eliab. Samuel looked at Eliab. Eliab was solid and said, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Verse 7, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance. That's a fact. But the Lord looks at the heart. If man did not look at the outward appearance, there are many things that people couldn't sell. Why would anybody buy something that even though it tastes good, It is destroying them. They know it's destroying them. They feel like it's destroying them. Yet every time they see, it, they associate an image with what they see. Have you ever seen them selling, except in church, by the way, have you ever seen people promoting something and then they will put somebody at the front who's not very attractive to look at? The only time I see that is in church. When churches are doing their programs they will put the pastor, look at this man, and they'll say, now, come to our meeting, come to our meeting, this is going to be a powerful prophetic conference, and come to the meeting. You see, that, that, that last week, when we put that uh, um, advert of the prophetic conference, I said, oh, my Lord. You see, when you see it, you'll understand what I'm saying. Come to our meeting, prophet, I know he's coming, he's going to be very powerful. <laughs> what? I'm not coming to that. But the world, when they, when, they, when they want you to come to something that is even bad for you, you've got a car. The car works. The car has been working for the last 10 years. You don't need a new car. But then they'll say this, this brand new car. They'll put, not, not Lewis Hamilton. No, they'll put some beautiful looking person, model, woman, who probably can't drive. <laughs> and she'll be standing next to the car. Buy this car. Said, yeah. And the brother will say, "Yeah, I think I, I need I need this car. My car is old. My car is ten years old. It's old. <laughs> appearance. Avoid judging by appearance. You save yourself a lot of unnecessaries. Ten minutes left, and I'm done. Number four. Learn to discern the truth whenever faced of an issue. You have to." This is a follow-on on on judging on appearance. At times, you will be faced with issues. And somebody will come and say, I've got an issue with so-and-so. And And when they tell you the story, you say, what? They did that? They said that? My goodness. They're out of order. Let's deal with them. You haven't even heard the other side. How many of you have done that before? We've all done it. The person who didn't lift their hands, they're not telling the truth. We've all done it. Somebody will come in and tell their story. You know what? The other day, I was just talking with Pastor Joe, and you know what he did? You wouldn't believe what he did. He actually slapped me. <laughs> what? No, he did. He slapped me. He he put his face and slapped my face. He put his face and slapped my face. <laughs> he went like that, and then pow on my face. I said, "Why, Pastor? What are you doing?" I, he said, "Oh," he, and you know what he said? Don't worry. It's okay. And then he walked off. Yeah, is that what Pastor Joe did? You see this church. And then you, yourself, you see this church. And the way sometimes, the way they do things is this church, suddenly it's this church, you know. Yeah. Then you find out, if you want to investigate, you find out what actually happened was, the person came to greet Pastor Joe, and as Pastor Joe reached out his hand, they decided to do this. <laughs> and so Pastor Joe just one and said, oh, I'm sorry. And they said, and they said, Okay, Pastor Joe, don't worry. And he said, no, 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 no. And they said, it doesn't matter. And then Pastor Joe said, okay, then fine. If it doesn't matter, then fine. And he went. That's what actually happened. It was even an accident. This has never happened before, what I've just said. It's never (laughs) happened before. So I'm not using something that's happened. And if it has happened before, I have really forgotten. That's why I use the example, because these days you don't know. But the point I'm making is is this. You have to be willing to discern the truth. And until you've heard both sides, you can't have an opinion. Sometimes when people tell me something, and I say, well, based on what you are saying, it appears like this. They say, no, 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 it doesn't appear. That's exactly what happened. I said, maybe so, but I wasn't there. Say to your neighbor, you weren't there. Yeah. That's one of my, my phrases. I wasn't there, so I don't know, based on what you are saying. So, look at, look at this. Luke chapter 20. Luke chapter 20, verses 21 to 23. It says, then they asked him, saying, Teacher, we know that you say and teach rightly, and you do not show personal favoritism, but teach the way of God. In truth wow finally they've got it can you imagine if the lord was like us finally they've realized where i'm coming from these people they've now understood i am a man of god next question is it lawful for us to pay taxes to caesar or not Hmm, good question you know caesar's a bad man he's an ungodly man if we can we shouldn't pay taxes but look at the next verse. But he perceived their craftiness. He perceived their craftiness and said to them, "Why do you test me? You have to learn to discern the truth about what's going on. Why, why, why are you, why are you, why are you, why, why have you come to my house? You, you don't normally come to my house. What, what, what is it?" You know, we, 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 you know, you've had my, my tea, you're having my tea, you're drinking my tea, i have given you some McVitie's my, my biscuits, you're eating. But this conversation is not very healthy. You're talking about people's business. Why are you actually here? Someone said, oh, I don't want to offend them. No, offend them. Offend them. Yes. Yes. You need to. Yes. What, 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 what is this about? One day, somebody asked me a question. They came to me and they said, I understand you believe God has called you to be in this ministry. I said, yeah. What gives you the right? So I perceived in my heart. So I asked him, excuse me, what is this about? Uh, 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 I said, fine, can you? If you don't discern what is going on, People will rob you of your calling. People will rob you of your purpose. By a word, they will say something to you that will destroy you. So when you walk in wisdom, you discern where people are coming from. You discern the truth. What is the issue here? Number five, face with courage the challenges associated with increased wisdom. Every time your wisdom level increases, your challenges increase with it. Solomon asked for wisdom. After he asked for wisdom, if you turn to uh, 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 12, God says, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there is not been anyone like you before you, nor shall there be anyone like you. You arise after you, like you arise after you. Great. Look at verse 16. Immediately after this divine visitation, verse 16, now two women who were harlots came to the king and stood before him with a big problem, an impossible problem. Every time your level of wisdom increases, so do your problems that you have to deal with. So, do, so does the complexity of your life. So you have to be willing to embrace the wisdom that, embrace the challenges that come with the wisdom. Number number six, quickly. Act on the wisdom you already have. Now this is an important point because many people don't make decisions because they are afraid to get it wrong. But they want to increase in wisdom. No, part of growing in wisdom is that you are willing to make the wrong decision. Stick to your decisions. When you make a decision, stick to the decision. There are many times, ta- hindsight is the perfect teacher. Oh, you shouldn't have done it like this. You know, people tell you, why did you do this thing? Why did-? Hindsight is always right, but it's hindsight. When you are going through the issue, you, you, you will make a decision out of sincerity, which will be wrong. Look at Luke chapter 16 verse 10. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much and he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. If you are faithful with your little wisdom, God will increase your level of wisdom. But if you are afraid of the problems that comes with wisdom and you refuse to make decisions, even the wrong ones, then I tell you, you will Be at that level. In fact, you will regress in your level of wisdom. Amen. And number seven, be willing to learn from your mistakes if you want to walk in wisdom. Not only must you act on your level of wisdom, you must learn from your mistakes. I conclude with this. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. Not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. He presses on for the prize of the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The next verse. The point that you need to understand is this. Recognizing your mistakes is an essential part of growing in wisdom and walking in wisdom. It's essential, if you want to continue to walk in wisdom, you have to be willing to learn from your mistakes. And that is why you have to be able to admit you were wrong. I got it wrong. Say to your neighbor, I got it wrong. Say to somebody else, I got it wrong. It's not a bad thing. Listen, some of my big decisions were wrong. But at the time when I was making it, I was convinced. This is the mind of God. (laughs) Hallelujah. But then when we look back, we realize oh dear, that was actually a bad move. Yeah? Amen? Some of you, you bought the wrong thing. You saw a Hoover, and they said, This Hoover, this Hoover you can transfer it to your great-grandchildren. You say, that's going to save us a lot of money. And so you bought the hoover that when your grandchildren saw it, they said, this is not coming into my house (laughs) in my work, but it's not coming into my house. So a hoover that normally costs 150, 200 pounds, you spent 3,000 pounds because you said it will save you (laughs) money. That wasn't wise. Some of us, we decided to buy uh, a house timeshare in in Spain because we felt in Spain once in a while we'll need a holiday and why do we need to spend money? Rather we can buy it, then we can rent it out. Who wants to rent your house that you bought in Spain? I don't want to rent your house you bought in Spain. I want to go to some nice holiday. No. And the they said to you, don't worry, this thing is a, a proof. You know, you'll make your money in 15 years. Yeah, in 15 years. If I keep walking, I'll get to Australia. <laughs> <Yeah. coughs> Once, I came from the gym. And I just said, how did the gym go? I said, well, it was hard. I said, I did... Um, I did, I don't know how many kilometers I did. I think I did three. He so said, that's good. I said, yeah, of course it's good. I walked. If I walk, I could do 20. <laughs> <I> just walked. <laughs> An hour later, I reached three kilometers. Of course. If I said that workout is going to get me to be fit, I'll be in mean, Cloud No, so wisdom will instruct you to make wise decisions. Amen. Amen. Learn from your mistakes. Amen. All right, let us pray. (laughs) We're going to pray and uh, just want you to bow your heads and just commit yourself into the Lord's hands. Been dealing with a few pastoral issues as I've been teaching and I want to pray into the area of mistakes. Um, For those of us who make mistakes, who've made mistakes, I feel some of us need to be free from the guilt of that. And as I was teaching it, I was highlighting it, the Holy Spirit wants to highlight it so that you can be free from the guilt and not be yoked to it. In other words, yeah, you made an error of judgment. It was catastrophic, but you need to forgive yourself and those involved, and you need to now move on in wisdom. So if you want prayer in this and you want to submit that area to the Lord and walk on in freedom in the will of God, why don't you stand right now? I want to just pray with you before we receive communion. Well, you know you made a a major mistake that seems to be burdening you, plaguing you. Sometimes our mistakes, we can't undo them. You know, we have to be willing to live with them. But when you are willing to recognize, you know what, I made a mistake. What I did was wrong. It is easier to live with your mistake. And then you ask God for the wisdom in how you deal with it than to try to act like you didn't make a mistake. God has called us to freedom and peace. As you stand, raise your hands to the Lord. And I want you to voice to him what it is that you're standing concerned. Just tell him, Father, this is the issue. Just quietly tell him. Father, this is the issue.